Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. You are listening to The Curator Podcast. Season 2, Episode 3. Interview with Tom from Jimmy Eat World. Tom. It's very nice to meet you. We're here in Glasgow. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm very cold and as of last night or this morning, slightly scared as well. <laughs> Why are you scared? Well, I don't know what's going to happen, man. I think I think you guys did a bad thing. Maybe. What did we do? Oh, man. Uh, you tell me. Oh, the, the graffiti? <laughs> not, not the band, your country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you do some graffiti? Is that something you no, want to tell me? Not. Oh, my oh, God. No. Oh yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know what you were talking about. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah um, scary. Yeah, we weren't really expecting that, but um, it's done now. Yeah, it's done now, and yeah, we'll see what happens. Cool, I love that shit. But, but when Obama was elected, too, the same thing. People were freaking out and over there. But so I don't know. Hopefully, it'll be okay. <laughs> so this podcast is about creativity and passion, and. Before we get into that, before we get into that whole big thing, I should say, yeah, I think Integrity Blues is um, awesome. Really, really like that record. Um, it's probably my favourite one you've done since Futures, I think. Um, oh, cool, thank you. I, I just, we can talk a little bit about that in a minute, but we'll get into we'll get into Tom. Let's talk about Tom. So, for when you, as a musician, when did it begin for you? My parents own a music store in Mesa, Arizona, so I was into music really early on like as a little kid I think I started taking piano lessons when I was around maybe seven years old something like that and then I started playing the saxophone and I played the saxophone all throughout school and high school junior high all that stuff so I started playing guitar I think I was around 14 or 15 years old when I started guitar. That was kind of the last thing that I picked up. Um, I took a class in high school. They had they offered like a guitar class, and um, that's where I kind of um, turned into a little tweaker and locked myself in my bedroom and played guitar all day. I was like one of those kids. So was it about when you started playing, was it about writing songs, or was it just about playing, just generally picking up an instrument and playing? It was just pretty much just trying to play other people's songs songs like and I think back then it was like a lot of like metal and like Joe Satriani (laughs) like all this really weird weird stuff like but um can you play Satriani? yeah 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 I mean yeah not all of it you know (laughs) but but um 
yeah, just even Jim's the same. Like he, we didn't really know each other back then, but he kind of had the same same thing, like same like metal stuff. I think when you first pick up a guitar for a lot of kids, like that's what you start to learn. It's like the metal and kind of fast guitar rock. There's something really immediate about metal, like when you're young, metal music can, it just grabs you and just like takes you in. Yeah, I think it's just maybe the aggressiveness of it or something like that. But yeah, it, it really does. It's that kind of release, um, which you, which you get with that kind of music is. I mean, I, I started off as a punk kid, um, and it was all about that for me. But then I got into metal, and at the time it was new metal, so it was like Limp Biscuit and oh, all that. No way. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not cool, <laughs> really. I mean, it's funny though. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny mean, now. Like, yeah. If you look, I think everybody has has that. Like you Skills. can look, yeah, you can look back at everyone's taste in music when they were, you know, back in the day, and it's it's you could laugh. It's funny. So Jimmy, we're all decidedly not a metal band. So how did that happen? Um, I think by the time we started playing music, we were getting in, into more of like punk rock. And when we first started, we were listening to like um, bands like Propagandi and No Effects and stuff that was close to the music that was coming out of like the West Coast where we live. We all grew up in Arizona, so we were. In, heavily influenced by like the California bands because um, like LA all that stuff's about like a seven hour drive from where we live so that's the stuff that we were getting a lot of Were you immediately drawn to be a singer as well at the start? I don't know how that happened yeah <laughs> I think it, it was um, yeah I think no one else wanted to do and I was like oh I'll give it a try <laughs> you know I, <laughs> I've never done it before and it's not going to be it's not going to be pretty I mean the first Jimmy Rose song I heard was Blister so like that's that's one of the reasons why I, to talk, why I want to talk to you because like that that's how I first discovered the band a friend of mine played it to me and um, it was just I think it was probably just after Blue American came out but like I wasn't really into like I was into metal at that time yeah. <laughs> and uh, a friend of mine played Blister and I was like well, holy shit what is that I need to I need to hear more of that and oh that's cool that kind of got me into I guess I guess what the kids call emo I suppose yeah. you know like the whole kind of vibe yeah uh, and I guess that whole era just resonated with me quite a lot I suppose and it's obviously why I'm still a fan now that I'm 30 it was like a good long time ago now yeah. you know <laughs> and I'm still here and it's, it's just great to I think it's really weird that I guess you're a metal kid. Do you still listen to a lot of metal? Um, not as much as I used to, but every once in a while. I think I it's, kind of, it's kind of weird that leaves you, isn't it? Like that kind of, you kind of get into something a bit different. Yeah, but I mean, I'll still find myself on YouTube going yeah. and, and watching like the latest like metal stuff, and because um, it's it's crazy, yeah. But. It's still fun. Yes, yeah, I think metal is fun. Well, all music, playing music is fun. All, all music is fun. Yeah, right? yeah. That, that's why we do it first and foremost. Um, but you guys have been doing it for a long, long time, and I guess at some point it must have transitioned into just being what you are. Like you are a musician, and like that's your job. Um, do you remember when that happened? When it started to feel like a job? Well, like, well it's, it's like it's kind of what you do to make a living now, isn't it? It's kind of. Oh yeah, um, and, yeah. But it's never really felt like a job. But I think. The first time where it, where I didn't have to go back and get a job, because like when we first started, even when we were signed to Capitol Records, 
um, we were still totally broke and we were playing in front of no one when we'd play shows. So I would have to go play shows, you know, go on tour for whatever a month, come home, call um, a temporary agency, call up and they're like, hey, do you, you know, do you have any jobs available today? And they'll hook you up with some crazy job. So um, I guess the first time that I didn't have to do that was when I was like, oh, I can, you know, I don't have to worry about doing that. And that was probably around when Bleed American came out. How did that? What, can you remember what it felt like when you realized, "Holy shit, I don't gotta go back and do some shitty job." It felt really good, you know. Just, it's really hard. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why, if you're a B two B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. For, to make a living at playing music, you know, some people that are definitely a lot better musicians than me are able, you know, are, are still like doing that where they're still working during the day and playing at night so um, we just feel really lucky that we're able to do this so I mean uh, you guys have just come back from a break obviously with the new records and the break was for a little while how did it feel coming back out of like you know how did it well first of all how did it feel going into that transition like transitioning to like almost like a year off Uh, it was good you know we we were so used to going on tour and then going straight into the studio, so I think we kind of needed a break. Um, but it's the longest break that we've taken, and I think you just realize, I think we all realize just how much we missed, you know, being around each other and touring and playing shows together. So it was, when we got back together to write the, the record, too, we, it, was, it was a good feeling, you know. And then... You did come back, which you have done, and the new record is really good. Um, and I, 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 how are you feeling now? How are you feeling about the record compared to like past efforts? We're feeling really good about it. Um, you know, people are still coming to watch us play, and <laughs> it seems to be getting a, a good reaction from the older fans, and we're seeing new faces. So so far, it's been good. It, to me, it sounds like a darker record. Um, was that was that something that you went in thinking about, or is it just the way it kind of became? And musically, not maybe not lyrically, but musically, it kind of feels a bit a bit more a bit darker, I think, to me. Anyway. Yeah, um, hmm. I, I I think it's a lot more positive than the last record. Um, I know it definitely is lyrically, you know, but even musically compared to Damage. Damage was I a dark record. Yeah, I think it 
I think this one might be a little bit more upbeat. It definitely feels more controlled, if that makes sense. Yeah, but there are like some, like the song like Integrity Blues, where it's like super, you know, where it's no guitars, you know, all like brass and violins. And we've never done done a song like that, so I could see how you could say that it's like a little bit darker and songs like Pass the Baby too or or. So I I mean it's kind of it does sound a bit more like a record which has um, been kind of pushing you in in new ways as musicians is that fair to say? Yeah yeah for sure Um, you know one of the things we did is when we got back together is we just told ourselves let's make a record that we've you know challenge ourselves and do something that we haven't done and you know, we got a producer that we've never worked with, so yeah, we're really happy with how it turned out. I did read another on other interviews as well, uh, talking about how like you, the producer was there in the early early stages of the songwriting process as well. What was that? What was that like compared to previous records? Um, I think the previous records. I think we were maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit more prepared, I would say. Um, with this record, we, yeah, we would have like twelve or fourteen songs, and we'd just go here. Here's our songs. Give it to whoever the producer was, and then they would work from there. But with this record, we had, I don't know, I'd say about thirty demos. And Justin went through, and he's like, "All right, here are the songs that I think, you know, that are that are going to be are the most interesting to me." You know, let's work on these, and so we picked whatever. I think it was 14 songs from those demos, and some of the demos were like from I think the earliest one was from maybe 2006. So some of them were really old. So it was it was cool doing that, being able to go back and finish the songs because some of them were just like little riffs, or just you know Jim singing a little chorus part, and so it was it was a lot of fun making this record. Did it change? Did the, having the producer kind of pick the songs he wanted to work on, did that change the dynamic when it came to finishing the songs? Yeah, it did. You know, I think it it um, allowed everyone maybe have, like, more input. Like, we've always had input with each other, but it was... Um, it's hard to explain, I guess. Um, yeah, it just... Yeah, I guess maybe more input. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I do think it sounds like a great. It sounds great as well that the production is is very. It sounds a bit different to other records as well, which I really enjoyed. I wasn't expecting that when yeah. I heard it. You know, is that what was that also something you were kind of going for? Like, kind of like here's a new aspect of us. Um, we weren't really. Just that guy. Just it just kind of happened. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's really weird. I, and Justin would just, or whoever would be, like, whoever even Justin or someone in the band, would be like, oh, I hear this. And grab a keyboard. I think there's a lot more keyboards and synthesizers and stuff like that on this record than there have been on the past. And I think that has a lot to do with maybe, um, you know, Justin comes from that world and his studio is just, I don't know if you've seen pictures of it online or whatever, but it's just like wall to wall, just all these keyboards. So you get, it gives you a lot of time to sit and tweak out for a little bit. Did you spend a lot more time in pre-production with this record because because Justin was involved? Pre-production, yeah, yeah, he was involved like really early on, and when we were in the studio too, I think that's the most time that we've spent 
in the studio. Um, let's see, I want to say we started like at the end of January. So we were in the studio for like six months. Like, yeah, yeah, so, you know, we spent a lot of time and we went, you know, so. Yeah. Enjoy, I presume you enjoyed that all that time in the studio tinkering about and just kind of playing this thing. Yeah, it was cool. We were able to, we did the pre-production in Arizona and that was about a month. And then the rest of the time we went to California. And so we got out of Arizona, which was cool because, you know, I think in the past we've done records in Arizona and we could kind of get distracted by the stuff that we have like going on there. So it's just, just nice to get away from everything and just concentrate on music the whole time. That place influences you as well when you're, when you're creating music and when you're recording it. Like the place you're in can have a, I don't think a lot of people who are not musicians think it's probably bullshit, but it's not, but it does have a huge effect on, yeah. the, on the music yeah, you make. Totally. It really does. I mean, I guess with, with Justin being in M83 um, that, and having all those keyboards and stuff I mean it does open up possibilities which I guess if you're looking to challenge yourself as a musician then it's like the, this is a whole other world that we can now explore yeah and he, he was like yeah if you want to if you want to learn how to use the synthesizer let me know like he's always showing us like different things so like stuff that we don't have no idea so it was, we learned a lot from him yeah, he's a super cool guy he's, have, have you got any particular favourite moments on the record that you love also playing live Excuse me? Have you got any favourite moments on the record that you also oh, love uh, playing live? Probably the song that I like playing most alive right now is Pass the Baby. Yeah, the end of that is Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. See, there we go. There's our uh, metal, yeah, metal kids yeah, coming yeah. out of us on that song. But um, yeah, that's just a fun one to play because it has just a slow build and then to that ending is just, it's, it's fun. How long have you been playing those songs? Have you, had you, I guess you hadn't played those songs live before because you weren't. It wasn't like obviously some bands will play songs from the new record live and then they'll go and record them. But you guys were on a break, so it must have been good just to come out the gates with here's all these new songs. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what we did. We we did one show in Arizona. It was just for friends and family. We just got like just a small club and just invited just friends and family and just played like the whole new record. And um, so that was like all the warm up that we really had. And that's not the same as like doing a real show. So what we did is we we would just add slowly before the record, we did add like one song to the set. We were playing, I think, Get Right. And then we would slowly add in more songs. Yeah. And so now I think we're playing six songs live. And that's the most that we've done. I'm looking forward to hearing them live. Oh, cool. It'll be, it'll be interesting to hear. Hopefully we don't. <laughs> you won't mess we, up. We won't mess <laughs> up. Or I, like that, that's, that's the fun. That's yeah. The fun it, you know, yeah. Like, we all make mistakes when we're playing live, but it's like you just roll with the punches. You yeah. just kind of go yeah. with it, you know? Um, you get, you've been playing live for a long time as well. Like, I mean, you must be well... You're obviously quite well-drilled now in the old songs. <laughs> yeah, but, we still mess up all the time, like every night, you know. But I may cut that bit out. Nobody wants, nobody like. No, they're perfect all the time. Even, even, even though it sounded like they messed up, they knew they were doing that. That was that was deliberate. <laughs> yeah, we. But you know, I, it's that's what's fun about playing live is. Even when I watch bands and I see them make mistakes, when you're in the band making mistakes, it's a real bummer because you're just you know you don't want to let the fans down and stuff. But when I watch bands. I mean, I remember seeing, like, Nirvana back when I was a kid and seeing, like, Kurt Cobain, like, totally screw up and 
but loving it and being like, yeah, you know, it's cool seeing, um, you know, guys that you look up to. <laughs> they're they're making mistakes too. Do you do you still get the same buzz before you go on stage or when you're playing live? As you, I, I see as I get older, I kind of worry that may go away from me. <laughs> yeah, like we're you know definitely you know I think. And especially when we're at, when we have a new record, that helps a lot too. Like playing new songs, and but even playing like, you know, people ask us about playing the middle and playing songs like that that we do every night. But it's still, you know, uh, just seeing the audience reaction is is really cool for us. Because like once you've written a song and it gets out there, it's no longer your song, really, is it? I mean, it's still our song. Is that different? I mean, but but it's. St- but that's what we want. We want people to, you know, you know, listen to our music and come to our shows. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I think for us, it's it's still the same. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I, I worry that I may get to, I don't know, I may get like in our ten years time, I might be like, oh, I can't be, I can't be bored with this anymore. <laughs> why, why am I still doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is worrying that too. <laughs> Hopefully, that never happens to us. Well, uh, you've had a good run so far, so why would it? You know, yeah. um, you're still having fun, which is the main thing. And as you talk about the new record, I can see you smiling. So yeah. there's obviously still a lot of love there for, yeah. for what you yeah, do. Yeah, for sure. And do you ever think about it ever going away, or is it just like, oh no, this is this is always going to be what I was made to do? I mean, I've never sat there and thought it'll that's go fair. away. So yeah, that's fair. Why would you really? But <laughs> until someone like but, me asks. But you. when you ask, yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, just hopefully it doesn't. I'm looking, uh, I really would like to um, also ask you about metal a little bit again and say, are you going to, would you ever go back to playing that? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that sometimes. So like, what, what kind of what kind of stuff would it be like? What kind of metal would that be like? It would be just death metal, I think. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Tomb, they're actually heavy. playing here next week. Oh really? Yeah, no yeah. way! Are you gonna go? Yeah, well, it's actually in Tomb DD, so it's kind of a different band. Yeah, uh, but yeah, totally, man. Like yeah. I, a lot of the stuff, I also listen to a lot of crusty stuff. You know, like um, Converge and Old Pigs Must Die. That's the kind of more metal stuff that yeah. I'm into now. Um, but it, there's something about it. It's just I didn't think as I as I got older, I thought I'd go away. Everyone always says, "Oh, you'll, you'll grow out of that." <laughs> no. Oh yeah, all my friends are. 40 in their 40s same still like yeah going to show metal shows and yeah I'm looking forward to uh, Tom's death metal band let's, let's make that a thing let's do that <laughs> I've got I've got I mean we've got a sh- I've got a studio up the road do you want to go oh, after the yeah. show and just, just have a jam <laughs> next time we got to yeah. get prepared <laughs> yeah got to, got to learn some get your chops up man get, get, get the fingers working I properly get, yeah paler <laughs> need to like not be in the sun and I can get you some makeup as well yeah grow my hair out <laughs> Well, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to oh, you. Oh, it was fun. Thank you Thanks very much. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say or anything you want to ask me before we wrap up? Oh, I think just thanks for coming down and taking the time to interview me and, and for listening to our record. Yeah, it means, it means a lot to us. Thank you for having a laugh and having Yeah, it was fun. fun. It was really like, fun. I think a lot of times people go on interviews and always very like the people that are like me are kind of like, well, it's got to be. It's got yeah, to be proper. Like it's, got, it's got to be good and proper. You know? Yeah, it's, it's good to be laughing and not being. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, you're a legend. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thanks a lot.
I got the same feeling I interviewing Tom, much like I did when I interviewed Jim. As I said in that episode, Jimmy Eat World were a foundational band for me, both in terms of songwriting ability and just general overall good posy vibes when I was growing up. It was a total honour to speak to Tom and hopefully at some point down the road I'll get to speak to the rest of the band. Jimmy Eat World's new album, Integrity Blues, is out now and I really do recommend it. You should pick up a copy of that if you can. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Please take a second to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. You can do that by hitting the subscribe button in whatever podcasting app that you're using. If you're already subscribed, I would really appreciate a review on iTunes. iTunes really likes those kinds of things and I really want to get back into the iTunes charts, so if you can help me do that, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, bye-bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.